Here we go, Ben. It is the Man Fuse Podcast. Another day, another episode, another meeting. Two guys and a microphone. That's what it is. Two guys and microphones. That's right. Two turntables and a microphone. Yeah. Well, actually, you don't even have that chica, these chica, days. Chica. You normally could just have one digital thing and a microphone and... And off to work you it's are. It's one turntable and a microphone and off to work you are. That's right. So today on the Man Fuse podcast, we're going to talk about how using AI to help take some of the mundane tasks off your plate could actually be a great thing. While I know AI, the thought of it at the most extreme level, can seem kind of scary as to the unknowns, but it can handle a lot of stuff that makes life a bit easier. And also, we weigh in on the amount of time invested in doing something, whether it be sports, business, anything that you invest time in. At what point do you become an expert? Well, there's actually some stats about how much time invested qualifies you as an expert. So, Ben. So, uh, how you doing, Ben? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I feel like it's been a been a minute. It has. It has. So, Ben has been busy. Have you been? Oh, my gosh. All the good things? I mean, you know, basically, deals right now, they're like car wrecks. And so, you just have to sift through the ashes of them and try to make things work. My stepmom, who's in my downline, I used to yeah. be a former real estate agent and with a certain company named Keller Williams, after you've been an agent for so long, they give you the opportunity of recruiting yeah. kind of like a downline type right. thing. So you could bring on other agents to KW. KW is going to take a percentage of their money anyway. And out of that percentage of the money they take, they do what's called a profit sharing. Now, when you're an agent with Keller Williams, I believe, for three years, you become what's called vested. That means when you leave Keller Williams, any downline that remains at Keller Williams, you will still receive a check. Now, I... Up until recently. What do you mean up until recently? Recently, they're turning off the spigot if you leave for more than three years. Well, when did that go into effect? Last week. Is it really? Yeah. We all grandfathered in? How are they going to cut me off? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, now Ben just ruined my day. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, I've been receiving profit-sharing checks for, oh shit, 10 years now? Wow. I have not even been an agent. Right. Active. Not in Keller Williams, not anywhere. And I've still been receiving money. Well, my stepmom, she capped her first month of the year in May. Yeah. But hasn't had a transaction since. Apparently, it's hard out there. It's a really difficult time right now. Not a lot of people are buying. Not a lot of people are selling. Things are swirling. All of the economic factors are swirling like a hurricane. People, there's a lot of fear in the marketplace. Interest fear. rates are high. I mean, I wrote a contract yesterday for $1.1 million at an 8.62% oh. uh, interest rate. Oh, God. And so how much of that payment is interest? 8.62 percent what is that equivalent to you say it's um you know on a million bucks 86 grand a year on a million whereas three percent on a million is 30 grand a year big difference 80 grand a year 30 grand a year 50 grand just on interest divided by 12 right yeah right i mean you know 80 grand a year what seven thousand a month jesus in interest now add the principal now add homeowner's insurance. And, now and your inflated property taxes. taxes. That's got to be like a 20K payment. Get up to probably 12 or 13. 12 or 13K? On a million dollar house. 
How much down, though, typically? Well, I'm just quoting it off of he's putting 35% down. So he's getting a 65% loan. And that's how people are hedging inflation right now. There is a lot of equity in the marketplace still. Most places where we are have doubled in value since, say, 2020. You know, so people still have a lot of equity. And so that's the hedge on inflation is you put down instead of 10 or 20%, people put down 35, 50%. And how does that hedge inflation? Well, because not, I didn't mean inflation. I said that, but you hedge high interest rates by borrowing less. You put more down and you borrow less money. So if it was a million dollars that got you a $3,000 a month payment, well, now it's $500,000 borrowed that gets you the same $3,000 a month payment. So how much are you going to put down? How much are you going to borrow? People have equity, so they're still able to get into a good house because they can put six hundred grand down or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, we would do pretty well if we sold this house right That's now. That's what I'm saying. But where would we go? But if you had to, you know, like, like Mike who moved down to Florida, mm-hmm. if you had to sell right now for some reason, you'd have a big windfall of cash. I mean, you yeah. really would. And- you would be able to then go decide what you were going to purchase. But let's say you wanted to keep your note at, I don't know, 400000 500000 pretty solid note. Like you want to borrow four or $500,000 right now, you're still going to be at three, four grand a month. So that's a pretty common spot for folks. Now you got 800 grand cash and you can decide, okay, we're going to borrow 400000 do we want to put 400,000 down? Well, now we're looking for an 800,000 our house. Do we want to put 200 down? Now we're looking for, you know, 600,000. So, you know, and that's what people are doing. So, it's difficult. People aren't moving right now unless they have to move. Unless it's like a, a job relocate or a- Yeah, I mean, we um we're making right now 60 to 70 contacts a day, and that would typically generate an insane amount of business. And we are generating good business but it is not even close to what it would be in previous markets. And I think it's going to get worse, honestly. You know, it's just gearing up. It's wartime, basically. You got to go into a wartime mentality instead of like a peacetime mentality. And it just changes the job. What you do to get businesses, it just becomes a completely different day. I have been on a war path of action. Yes, you have. I have been Action Jackson. I've been trying to figure out the methods to which Manfuse Productions, a.k.a. Foo Media, mass contacts, mass identifies and establishes contact with multiple different profiles in this business that we're going into. We've got, I call them company leads. Those are more our marketing agencies. Those are going to be people who already have a high clientele of these clients that we're kind of targeting, which are leaders in business and in industry. And have you ever seen any of Alex Hermosi's stuff? Have you seen like like all like his, have you bought his stuff? Yeah. Remember when I was saying we need to read a book together? It's his book. Okay. Well, I've been watching all of, you know, Hermosi's a beast. He's a beast. And a lot of this stuff is kind of common sense, you would think. But he has kind of put it in a way of the system that he has used and employed to generate hundreds of millions of dollar businesses. 
whether it be from employees to systems for cold emails, partners and affiliates. And so I've been watching a bunch of his stuff and we are real close to having a six month plan that we are going to follow and we are going to relay our results to you in kind of a each week broken up weekly reporting a weekly report of what we were supposed to do and how we did and what our results are so therefore if there is anybody out there building a business launching a new product an entrepreneur that wants to follow our journey we're going to make it real easy for us too i mean you know not discounting any of alex hermosi's stuff but you look at alex hermosi and he's already He's already made it, even though he's telling you what he did to make it. We are now going to employ some of those tactics and along with some other things that I'm working on. And we're going to let you come along for the ride. I love it. And hopefully, so you could see how we make it. Yeah, man. We're on the verge of some pretty big things. Already got some pretty big things going on, I think, on the verge of some really big things. I think so. And I mean, and I'm super excited. Lately, I have just been... I've been dialing. I've been calling. I mean, I haven't been doing 100 a day or anything like that. That's probably what I should be doing. 100 a day is a good number. It takes a while, though. It takes, you know, 100 is just six to eight hours of calling. It's about 10 to 12 an hour. Well, it depends on who you get on the phone and it, how long you stay on the phone. Yeah, and- but it averages. You average about 10. Say 10 an hour is what you're going to mm-hmm. average. In some hours, you'll get 20 people that just say, yeah, no thanks. With your dialer, do you even leave yeah. a message? Yeah, this is something that we can that we can definitely employ. What you do is you pre-record a message. And then when someone's voicemail picks up, you just hit a button and it drops that pre-recorded message. So it could be like, hey, this is Kaylee or hey, this is Ben H with, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't say anything. I don't say anything as to who I'm with, what I want, yeah. because that leaves them like, they might go, oh, I don't know who this person is. But I will say, I do do a shameless name drop. I have been saying that I do work with The Burt Show. Because whether they're out of state and they've never heard it, I say a syndicated morning radio show because if it's a marketing agency, they might think that I'm a client, that I want to pay them for marketing. Even yeah. It's not my show, but right. that's not what I'm there to do at all. But I do work with The Burt Show. I'm not necessarily calling on Burt Show terms. But I explain that as soon as I get them on the phone. But it's that the air of mystery, yeah, which I feel will get me a call back faster. That's not always the case, but I feel by being vague, because when I call back again after they don't call me back, eventually they're going to go, who is this person? Right. And they're going to call me back. If I say, hey, I'm with uh, Foo Media, you know, and we're looking to do this, they're going to decide right then and there whether they're even interested without even hearing me out. Mm-hmm. That's how I kind of feel. So that's how I've been approaching it. And it's funny, though, because after I've made 10 or 20 phone calls that I've left, and I think this week was kind of a bad week to do it in terms of other weeks because some people are still out of town. So a lot of people use Labor Day week as a vacation time. Right, right. And so I got a lot of voicemails. And when it wasn't the person's cell phone and I was getting to their main office, you know, they weren't in. And I was transferred to their voicemail. But it's funny, though, because then when they do call back, I'm sifting through my mind real quick, like trying to remember, like, because I normally go to their website 
for a marketing agency beforehand. Right. I want to just confirm to see if I see anything. Same thing I do with a financial advisor. Yeah. Because if it's a financial advisor who I'm going after, I want to see if they have a podcast or not. Sure. If they're employing video marketing. Yeah podcasts as those mediums as as in terms of they creating content yeah. because if they are creating content i'm now switching my position to see if they're happy with the person that's creating the content yeah not going after them as a hey you're not doing this don't you think you should be yeah i mean i'm not saying it's a bad thing to do but a lot of times you can waste time researching people before you call them because they may not even pick up the phone. Now, when they do pick up the phone, obviously you're more prepared to what you want to discuss, but it's also something that can be knocked out with a question. You know what I mean? Like when you have them on the phone, do you currently have a podcast? Boom. That can send you in one or two directions. You know what I'm saying? And it's a fast way of asking, boom, you know what I'm saying? Versus, okay, I'm looking this person up. I'm looking at their website. I'm, I'm researching. I might, you might look at them for two or three minutes times a hundred people, you know, that could soak up a few hours versus once you get them on the phone, just be like, hey, do you have a podcast or some kind of a question that would indicate one of two directions. So I see there's value in that, but I also see there's a little value in kind of having done a little research puts you like, hey, this you're not just going down a list. I'll tell you how we do it with real estate. Maybe that helps. What we do with real estate is when we get someone on the phone, when someone answers, I already have it set up where I just click their address and it opens a Zillow file. It's like a hyperlink. You know what I'm saying? Which already built in. The same th kind of thing could be executed with their website, right? You know, with real estate, it's like there's a method of, of calling where you can look at the property before. Like I have the dialer set up. There's two different ways of going about it, right? I can click the left, the button on the left. I can look at the sheet before I call it and then I can hit call or I can just hit call the list. And then whenever someone answers, then their profile pops up and I can go and look at their house. So do I want to look at their profile before they answer or do I want to look at their profile after they've answered? And the reason why we typically do it after they've answered is because the call made to call answer ratio is drastic. It's like 30%. You know, so 70%. Now, if we're just calling 10 people, yeah, research them all. But if you're calling 500 people and only 30% of them are going to answer and it takes you two minutes to research each one and that's 350 times two minutes, that's 700 minutes that it's going to take you to look at their shit for two minutes before you call them. So I think it's different with every application, but yeah, I think, I think if, if I was going to sit down and I had, and I was like, okay, I'm knocking out a hundred right now. But with this, because I know we have a great service that you've employed to basically get the data that's needed. And that's just a very specific data set. Now we can take, and still nonetheless, we have big lists. So we can take lists of, you know, 50 or five or 5,000 contacts, we can upload them, we can segment financial planners, entrepreneurs. So you know which list you're contacting. That's that right. Moment. So we can segment different lists. We can have them all uploaded. One of the sections of the upload sheet will be a website. So that'll be part of the profile. 
yeah, that we, comes up. We got all that information. When they answer, so you can just hit the website. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. That yeah. is cool. Again, if, you, if you're just calling 10 people, sure, whatever. You know what I mean? But if you're trying to get through 500 or something like that, you know, because that's what we do every day. So. so we, I had somebody on Tuesday come over who's kind of out of a job at the moment. He'll remain a little nameless. But he's been helping me out a little bit on some video stuff. And um, I said, hey, man, I got an opportunity. So we sat down on Tuesday. And I was like, listen, if you want this opportunity, I think you can see how it's got a lot of legs and potential. And while this, I can't pay you yeah. like a salary. Yeah. But you have the opportunity of earning residual income. And you could essentially put together video packages to help. Because video content for some of these financial companies is huge. Besides repurposing podcast audio and video. And I said, you know, you could really head that up. And so we sat down, went through the list. He was right next to me. He heard me make. It was one of those days where I was like, this might not be a great week to call because no one was answering. I probably called 20 people. Left messages. Some of them called me back. Some of them probably aren't even in town yet. And then I had him make some phone calls. Now, will he go off on his own and make these calls? I've given him a list. He knows the opportunity. I don't think since I sent him the list, I think it's been two days, I don't think he's done anything. I was listening to Alex Hermosi and one of the things he was saying with employees, and this is more like a, it would be like an employee type deal. But he would be commission-based, right? And He'd be a 1099. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but still, kind of like an employee, you know, Alex Hermosi says he normally gives his people about three weeks. Yeah. If after three weeks, they just don't get it, they're just not an action person. Right. And we've talked about doers and thinkers before. Yes. You know, for an employee, you want doers. Yes. You don't want people thinking around, unless you have a think tank. Right. That that's all you want from this person is their great Think idea. Less, do more. Right. We need doers. We need action. We yes. need because you can train a doer, fine tune their performance, their but yeah. the fact is they're doing. That's right. And that is what it takes to build shit. You know, any sales agency typically has, you know, that reputation to the general public. But one of the things that has damaged phone prospecting and its effectiveness is offshoring of these phone calls. So you can offshore and outsource the phone calls to call centers. They have them in Jamaica. They have them in the Philippines. They have them all over the place. I'm talking the the big ones, right? And they will cover, I mean, you know, when you're talking in terms of real estate, the number of calls and contacts that are made by these people, it's absolutely insane. Because they'll have someone whose sole job is to sit there for 12 hours a day. And and it's cheap, right? But the problem is they don't speak proper English. They're not the professional themselves. They have an accent that indicates that either they're someone from somewhere else, which is completely fine. But then you know how it is when you get called by a call center. You know you're not talking to the person who's providing the service, typically. Oh, absolutely. You know. and, and and I'm instantly turned off. Instantly turned or off. Or there's that, you say hello, and there's that awkward pause. Yes. Where it's them now, either if they're on a, a dialer program, where it, there's a delay. Yeah. So you say hello, 
and then you almost hear this kind of clicking. Yeah. And then it's like, hello. And then it's. And then they're like, oh, no, bro. right. Or whatever. <laughs> you know that this is not, this isn't somebody calling on behalf of me. Yeah. Like it is, but it isn't. Yeah. They are using, it, it's just a dialing and they're not the salesperson. When I call, I mean, and I could script these people. And you know what? That wouldn't be a bad thing. No, but even still, even still, these people still find business. They still find business. Because to your point, it's about action. So you could take somebody who's completely talented, who is the guy that you're going to be working with, who is the person that wants to come out to your house, who is the person that's going to be developing your podcast, right? You could have that person on the phone, making a hundred contacts a day, which is a lot, which will yield a lot of business actually. And then you have call center in the Philippines making a thousand contacts a day. The Philippines call center will generate more business. It just will. It's a numbers game. Even with the ineffectiveness factor, they will still set more appointments. So is that something we should be doing then? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's more specialized. You know, there are opportunities that are better than that and a lot less expensive than that. It's not cheap to hire these people. I mean, going on a day by day basis. I mean, if you paid them, I'm talking every day, all day. Well, at this point, we don't even have that many leads for them, but they can develop it. But I'm just saying the whole piece is, you know, it's it's like an employee, basically. It's about the cost of a full-time employee to really get it set up and to run it constantly. You know what I'm saying? And they do a great job. I'm not saying that they don't do a great job, but for me, for example, it wasn't a good fit. Some of my friends run big real estate teams where they've got 20, 30 agents and they don't care if the lead is in Savannah, Georgia. They don't care. You know what I mean? So they can employ these people to call vast swaths of swaths. Yeah, just vast areas of places where I don't want to do business personally. I'm not set up for that. I'm Milton, Alpharetta, Roswell, Buckhead. You know what I mean? That's that's all I'm really interested. I mean, I'll go a little further, but not that much further. I'm not going to Douglasville. I'm not going to Stockbridge. What about Skulky, Illinois? I'm not going to any of those places, man. And so for me, I'm focusing on the markets that I want to be in and that style of prospecting, because I'm more of a specialized specific niche, it doesn't work for me. I can't give them enough data. I don't have enough data to give them. They're like, we need another 10 zip codes. I'm like, I gave you the only 10 zip codes. (laughs) I gave you the only thing I have. (laughs) The the only 10. I don't want any other fucking I need you to make something out of these 10. Exactly. I'm like, look, population of these 10 zip codes, like 500,000. I know y'all hadn't talked to 500,000 people already. No, but we already called through all the data. You know what I mean? Call through it again. Yeah. You know? Hit him again. (laughs) This time, switch your voice. But ultimately, that's where, it, you know, it can become annoying. You know what I mean? But I think you're better off with something like we're talking about having a person who is scripted and knows what questions to ask, whether it was me or you or someone else, this other person, but someone local. We've got 
real estate offices that they could work out of. We've got places they could show up. I just got another office for out of a deal that I did. You know, so we've got places that someone could show up and make calls. You know what I mean? But the point is that I think to have someone that we can work toward, like you're saying, an action-oriented person, we could work the scripts into them. We could do some role-playing with them. We're ultimately setting up a, an appointment. That's their job. Their only job is to set an appointment with someone. And that's where we come in and to, and, and we pick up the football at the appointment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Essentially. You know, it could be us setting the appointment so that we can get back in and pick up the football and go through the appointment. Right. But a sale is typically not going to be made on an initial call. The purpose of the initial call is just to set the appointment, you know, and then there's a lot of things that follow after that. But yeah, I, I love it, man. I think it's great. So, yeah. And so one of the things that I'm looking at actually for the cold email portion. And so we haven't set up our six month plan yet, but I am trying to employ certain tactics and there is a company and we are employing, I will be honest, some AI into our steps to help. Dude, the speed. AI shit is crazy. I really need to get with Matt on the real estate thing. Well, Matt is so busy and he's working on this thing. He doesn't even have time at the moment. I'm just telling you. I get it. And I'm sure he will, but he is building, he's working for himself, building this other thing that, that he's been working on for years, trying to employ and then activate our stuff and his other stuff at the same time. So That's awesome. things have kind of been up and down a little bit because of he was pulled in another direction, but we found this company. It's called Instantly AI. Yeah. Instantly AI, while we were thinking we could use this other template this other company called Airtable, yeah which is freaking amazing it's like a fucking excel spreadsheet on crack yeah we're thinking now by instantly ai is straight cold emails so not only will they help help you set up your cold email campaign but they also have an added bonus where they will provide you with leads qualified leads like what we how we were acquiring our leads before we wouldn't even need to go that route for just a monthly like 44 bucks a month gives right. you like ten thousand leads right like accurate leads yeah. so you can keep filling the hopper for hyper growth which is one of their packages it yeah. would probably cost us like 120 bucks a month i'm almost to the point of going okay well we try it for three months and if it were, you know, if we get one qualified sale out of that, that pays for itself 10 times. Yeah. And that's just the cold email, but it takes a couple weeks to get set up. But we're going to also need a landing page immediately right. to for these leads to go to. And I guess that's better than going to our website at the present moment. I don't know really the difference, but I guess the landing page is just a specific form. Set the appointment. That's what it's all about. You know, book the call. Book the call. Yeah, or whatever. Set the appointment. It's the same thing as a call. Yeah. You just know? put a calendar on there to where they could like book yeah. it immediately. Absolutely. And if they're not going to do that, then they're not a real lead, you know? Ultimately, yeah. yeah, schedule a call and or have a fill out a form for us to call you back. Yeah, I mean, typically. Sure. So that's where we are with that. So this is what I was employing with our daily stoic of the day, which kind of went into 
how I was teaching this other person the art of the cold contact. Yeah. It's called Learn, Practice, Train. Philosophers warn us not to be satisfied with mere learning, but to add practice and then training. For as time passes, we forget what we learned and end up doing the opposite, and hold opinions the opposite of what we should. Very few people can simply watch an instructional video or hear something explained and then know, backward and forward, how to do it. Most of us actually have to do something several times in order to truly learn. That is the best way. Uh, doing, having it explained to you or reiterating why you're doing this step is crucial to most people's learning. Yes, absolutely. You know, give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man a fish, he'll eat for a lifetime, right? 100%, man. One of the hallmarks of martial arts, military training, and athletic training of almost any kind is the hours upon hours upon hours of monotonous practice. What is it, 10,000 hours in doing something before you become a true expert on that subject? Yeah. I mean, 10,000 hours of being on a podcast, 10,000 hours of... I mean, look what 10,000... Have we done 10,000 hours? No. No way. No? Shit, if you include editing in there, that's like doubling the amount of... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we could add it up. Maybe. It's a lot. Nah, well... It t- I, th- a- I forget the calculation, but I think six hours a day takes 10 years or something like that. Oh, we haven't done 10,000 hours. We're probably... We even hit a thousand hours. Right? I don't know, but like if you take six hours a day, right? So just rough, rough number, six hours times, you know, it's almost a yeah, five days. It's a almost week. a thousand hours. But let's say, I mean, is it seven days a week or five days? How many days a week? You know I guess what I mean? It just depends. You're right. Yeah, probably yeah. six, seven years. So if you said six hours times five days a week, right? So that's thirty hours a week times, let's say, eleven months, because you're not going to even do five days a week every week. There's probably four weeks that you're going to be on your birthday or something like that, right? You We're probably at like 500 hours. Three, 3,000, you know, a couple thousand a year. What is it? Six hours times five, that's 30, times four, that's 120, times 11, right, is like 1,300, right? 1,300. Yeah. It, I mean, it would take you like... Seven to 10 years. Seven years, seven, eight years. Yeah. Right. It's about 10 years. So, yeah. Full time employment. So, okay. So, you and I, you know, doing this podcast alone. So, for me in editing, right, I'm probably at 10 years, real close 10,000 hours. Like, as far as being an audio editor for the Bird Show. Yeah. I mean, so you could say I'm somewhat of an expert. Well, yeah. And here you are with your own podcast and launching a company that provides audio editing services and studio build out and all that good yeah. stuff. So, so and that's yeah. something that you can do after you put in 10,000 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so getting back to what I was saying, an athlete at the highest level will train for years to perform movements that can last mere seconds or less. The two minute drill, how to escape from a chokehold, the perfect jumper simply knowing isn't enough. It must be absorbed into the muscles and the body. It must become part of us, or we risk losing if the second that we experience stress or difficulty. It is true with philosophical principles as well. You can't just hear something once and expect to rely on it when the world is crashing down around you. Remember, Marcus Aurelius wasn't writing his meditations for other people. 
He was actively meditating for himself. Even as a successful, wise, and experienced man, he was, until the last days of his life, practicing and training himself to do the right thing. I remember back in the day, Ben, with a good friend of ours, CJ, we went to Costa Rica, and I bought this, like, I called it the Bible. Yeah. It was like one of these, uh, it was one of these journal-type books, but it was done with, like, this weathered leather, and it had this parchment paper that yeah. looked like it was from, like... It didn't have lines on it. Yeah. It looked like it was so amazing that my fountain pen, because that's how I love to write in it, just the way that the ink just absorbed into this paper. Yeah. This paper was thick and it was looked old. Yeah. It, it, it looks like it was you a know, journal. Yeah, it looks sick. And what I was doing, I was reading all these like amazing books, like good to great. Yeah. And uh, I remember being in Costa Rica and sitting down and taking, you know, excerpts or taking, you know, lines from this book and just basically I wrote the name of the book and I would just take things out of the book and write them. Yeah. Why was I doing that? It wasn't for someone else to read is because you could read something and then forget about it or forgot what you read 10 minutes later. But when you read something and you read it again and then you're actually copying it and writing it line by line, you absorb it better. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. for me. Like, you know, you write it down and then you're forced to read mm -hmm. and slow and absorb each sentence Absolutely. and each word. And so I've done that throughout my life many, many times. It's been a long time since I actually did that, but which I should, because you know what? You forget what you back. know. It's helpful to go back and read old things too, because yeah. you remember the mindset you're in, but what you're talking about when you write things down, you know, when you copy things, for example, you know, you're literally, you're reading it with your eyes. You're also writing with your eyes. This is a physical moment. And then you're reading it as you write it as well. Right. So it's a loop. Yeah. And it's a very, very powerful loop. Like a black belt, he was still showing up to the dojo every day to roll. Like a professional athlete, he still showed up to practice each week, even though others probably thought it was unnecessary. Tra that's what it is. You learn, you practice, you train. Learn, practice, and train. And in this instance, train means train yourself. Yeah. But also it could be applied to learn, practice, and train somebody else yeah. and duplicate your efforts. Yes. And give somebody else an opportunity as well to step up to the plate. Absolutely. Do they want to be part of something groundbreaking? Do they want to be part of something growing? Right. And that could change their lives. Yes. Now, like for this person who I'm giving the opportunity to, the opportunity. Opportunity. I know this could be a game changer for them. I know it. I believe it. Do they believe it? And are they willing to go through the uncomfortable steps? Because cold calling isn't comfortable. Most of the time you wake up in the morning and you're like, I don't want to do this. Even though each potential person you call is worth X. And that's how you have to look at it. And that's how I trained him. So you got to think, if this person's a no, if this person's a no, if this person's a no, fine. Or at least no for right now, depending on how you leave it with them. Maybe there'll be a no forever, but you're planting the seed and then we're plugging them in if they say no well they're about to be added to our email list anyway and we're about to start hitting them with periodic email you know so they don't forget about us and they don't forget 
about the opportunity or ask for the referral. Fine, you're not interested. If you know anybody, boom. And so each one is worth X dollars of yeah. residual income in this case. So, and, I, and I've given them great examples of knocking on doors for real estate, which I used to do. Every house, depending on the area that you're in, in the areas that I used to knock on doors, was a potential tear down opportunity or like an assemblage where I'm right. trying to piece multiple properties together and sell it to a developer. Right. But each one of those properties at the minimum was worth a $600,000 sale just yeah. for raw land. So each one's worth about 40K. No, absolutely. And so if it's a no, fine. When you get to that, yes, 40K. What's helped me over the long term, because I've been doing this long term daily, the money makes it exciting for a little while. But what I've found keeps me in the game is considering what it is that someone else is getting ready to go through if they say yes. You know what I mean? So it means a lot of different things for them, basically. But there's one way to wrap all that up into one sentence, and it's that they need help. If I look at it and I say, okay, look, I know for a fact, just the numbers prove it. In that neighborhood right there, somebody in that neighborhood needs my help right now. They are in a situation in their life where they need to move and they don't know who to use. And me showing up is going to be like a sign to them. And it is a sign because I'm looking for them. And they're looking for me and I'm going to be the one that takes the action and goes in here to find them. I just thought about something. When you go up to the door and you do get that, yes, yeah. this person is in need. You should rip open your shirt yeah. and there'd be like a Superman <laughs> emblem like, but, or, or like a, a giant emblem. bee or a giant bee or something like. That's the way I explain it to my salespeople too, because I'm like, guys, ultimately we're here to make money. That's true. But especially in this particular economy, if you find somebody who has to sell, and that's what we're looking for, because we're not in an environment where, oh, it'd be nice. No, that's a year ago, right? So from the food media perspective, somebody on this list needs what we are offering. They don't know where to go. They have a need. They either are wanting to provide this service to their clients or they themselves have a voice that they want to get out into the world and they don't know what to do. They don't know who to use. And so by contacting them, it's going to become immediately apparent that this is the solution that they've been looking for and we can help them with their project. And that mentality I've found keeps me out of the mindset of the term cold contacting. I mean, it just sounds horrible. It sounds like a cold shower. You know what I mean? Or it sounds like being trapped outside on the back porch without a blanket. It you know? sounds like <laughs> a bad case of blue balls. Yeah, it's, just, it's just horrible. It sounds like, the you know, you get up in the morning, it's cold outside and the hot water heater is broken. Oh, you God. know, that's your cold As life. As I said, it sounds like a horrible case of blue balls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is what it is, but the point is that it can help a little bit to put that perspective in as regards to Alex or Mosey. I think he's really one of the guys who has latched on to the idea of the fact 
that the basics are what makes things happen. And your ability to build a big business, your ability to build something bigger than just what you can do is based on your ability to scale the basics. Correct. And that is something profound that he, he, you know, a lot of people have said that, but he says it in a way where you're like, damn, he's right. Like I've somehow I've got to duplicate myself. I've got to duplicate what I do. Because if you don't, you are just a high paid employee. That's right. And then what it comes down to, because like, is that the best investment you can make is investing in people. Absolutely. You have to invest in people. That becomes your business is your investment in others and the results that that produces. I mean, you know. Yeah. And to duplicate your efforts so you don't have to be there because that's what makes a business valuable. Or so that you have the leads. Well, right. But he even says, you know, if the business is based on your ass 50 hours a week generating $20 million a year, you go to sell your business, it's going to be worth very little because it's all relied on you. Yeah. If you build your business to where this thing runs without you. Yes. That $20 million a year, you could sell yep. for $50 million. Yeah. Because it's not based on you waking up because you could die. And then yeah. what's left of the business? That's right. I mean, so it's really, will this business run without you? Right. And that makes it purchasable yep. and valuable yep. to a bigger company that wants to acquire you. Absolutely. And so that's essentially, while I'm not looking to build something necessarily to sell it, but I wouldn't be opposed to it after it's generating a shitload of money. But yeah, we don't want it to be based on just my efforts or one person's effort. We want to build a system. Right. A wheel. That's right. A cog. Yeah. Where everything is working. And a wagon. A wagon wheel. And that is essentially marketing is like, a wagon wheel. Yeah. It is a wheel, you know, spokes. Each spoke is a different vital support mechanism in your marketing. It's like that song. Rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. <laughs> hey, baby, rock me. So, Ben, I received an email the other day. Oh, yeah? This kind of blew my mind. You ready for this? Yeah. It's from an old PD production director right so in radio you've got your excuse me pd programming director for one of our sister stations that being our country station which used to be kicks now it is a new country i believe Uh this program director is no longer with us it's been years since i spoke with him sends me an email hey man it's been a while hope all is good with you my friend from what i hear it's pretty good A colleague of mine here is on the Country Radio Seminar 2024 Agenda Committee and is interested in talking with you to see if you'd be interested in being on her panel. Wow. Work smarter, not harder. Using AI to improve workflow and give you time back in your day. I've copied you on the email so you two can connect if there's a there there. Be forewarned. She is as intelligent as she is funny. I miss you, Christian. We always had the best conversations. I'd enjoy having another soon. Now, at the time I'm reading this, I'm like kind of looking behind me. 
do you got the right guy? Right. Like, what do you want me on your radio panel for? Right. So I get in touch with him as a few days later, I give him a call and we have like a 45 minute conversation. And I'm like, why do they want me? He said, I have no idea. She never articulated exactly why she wants you. Yeah. But apparently she reached out to multiple people and your name came up. Wow. And I'm still at this point, I'm looking behind me. Why? Yeah. Now I'm not saying like I dismiss my value or I don't have anything to say, but these people don't know what I'm building on the side. They don't have an idea of what I'm doing because I haven't been, I've been public with it, but not that public with it. I mean, right. just because if they followed all of our social handles, they could have figured out we had a podcast and that we were doing, but I seriously doubt that that was it. I'm still like wondering why. So you didn't get an articulated reason why she wants me on her. He's like, just have a conversation with her. And I explained to him during this phone call of what we were doing. And he was blown away. And he was like, that's amazing. Yeah, you definitely should talk to her. And he said, this country rate, and I'm not even in country radio, but this radio seminar is like one of the biggest. Mm. And it's going down in Nashville in February of 2024. Cool. And apparently there'll be huge country artists there. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm like, I don't know. So you going to get some boots? I might. I got some. I need a cowboy hat. Yeah. Uh, I'll come support your panel. I need a big, panel. big buckle. So I ended up speaking with her. She reached out. We scheduled a time and I talked to her. And then she said, you know, I had heard that you guys were employing AI at the Burt Show. I said, well, you heard wrong because we're not. I said, I am employing it in various other places at the moment or setting it up for our company. And I told her what she was like, this is perfect. This is exact. Because I told him, I said, what is she looking to have like yeah. one idiot on stage? Yeah. Like, am I going to be the stupid person that like. <laughs> Oh, look, we needed to have one fool. Yeah, yeah. Am I going to be the royal fool of yeah. the panel? Am I yeah. going to be the token stupid guy? Um, Which, you know, and I was being self-deprecating humor. So I was self-deprecating myself. Like, you know, because I didn't know what role she saw me yeah. fulfilling. She said, no, we just need some open-minded people with outside perspectives. And it doesn't matter if you're in country radio. But this is a big deal. And if you'll be on my panel and you can get to Nashville in February... I would love to have you featured, which could be a good promotion for our company. You got to be suited up, hat, shirt, dip, QR code. <laughs> <laughs> dip. Just have a shirt with one G-I-N-Q-R code. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. But I would be on stage with this panel of people. Well, I think it brings up a whole nother idea, really, for me. It brings up the idea of AI itself offering that as a service, you know, could be really something groundbreaking. The company that they work for called, um, I never get this pronounced right, Futuri, Futuri, F-U-T-U-R-I, yeah. is like big into AI. They have a lot of AI products. And Maybe we could partner with them somehow. They use, they're using, they're doing voice cloning. They're doing, cool. you know, I mean, they, this company has. What if we could voice clone, like, you know, I don't know, whoever we wanted to and interview them on the podcast. Oh my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's really a good idea. It's not really The Rock, but it's AI The Rock. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah. 
We're interviewing AI <laughs> The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's not a bad idea. We're interviewing AI James Earl Jones. Yeah, exactly. Or whoever you want, you know. <laughs> that would be funny. Who would we want to interview? That's I don't know. the question. I don't know. The first interview with AI The Rock. AI The Rock. <laughs> Dude, we'd, we'd probably go viral. Uh, yeah. So who would we want? I don't know. You want to do somebody like, I mean, you know, somebody that comes to mind for me, of course, is like Donald Trump. You know what I mean? Would be funny. If I could really interview somebody, that's who I would choose. You know what I mean? But then you have like celebrities like, you know, so like Brad Pitt or, you know, some movie star like Tom Cruise. Who's going to get really mad? Talk about <laughs> Maverick, you know what I mean? <laughs> Talk about Scientology. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who's so, going to get really mad that we're going to interview the AI version of themselves? Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, probably. Then you can do like Taylor Swift. You know, you can do popular people like that. You could do like the Dalai Lama, you know, or <laughs> Vladimir Putin or some shit. Oh, my God. Zelensky. Yeah. <laughs> we should really look at that and see, because this company could do it. Dude, that'd they, be next level. That'd be funny as hell. So we would need to determine right here, right now. Well, I don't know. Well, maybe it doesn't have to be right here, right now. Who well, exactly we would want to interview the AI version of. Well, this brings up another idea, because I always thought it'd be cool. Like when Jack was a baby and he loved Paw Patrol. I was like, how cool would it be if, like, I could, like, call the Paw Patrol on Jack's birthday and they'd be like, hey, Jack, happy it's Ryder. Happy birthday, buddy. Uh, you know, the pups are all here at the station and we're wishing you happy birthday. Have a great day, Jack. I mean, a kid would just lose okay, it. Okay, but chances are that could be anybody. It's like the, I'm not going to use that. Because but what if you could do an it, actual, like, like, presentation of it? Like, they send you a video text message and it's like, writer saying hey jack or it's you know I, I you know it's just like what if it's like cameo right yeah it's like cameo but ai ai cameo right exactly that's good you know AI cameo. <laughs> yeah. you, why pay for the real thing yeah. when you can get the ai version <laughs> exactly. here for 79.99 we, we all know people have their problems <laughs> but ai doesn't <laughs> People have schedules. They have busy lives. They have inflated rates. Leave the real Michael Jordan out of it. Yeah. Let's not bother him. Yeah. We've got Michael Jordan. We got AI Michael Jordan here. For $79.99. $79.99. He'll give you a cameo of whatever you want. He'll read you a children's book. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's another great idea. You want Michael Jordan to read you a lullaby a to sleep? Tell him an idea factory. It's crazy. I need to get in touch with this PD who works for this company. Yeah. See, I don't want, but by saying this, and even though we're saying it on our podcast. It doesn't matter. I mean, again, it's who's going to do it? Okay, fine. Do it. Everybody out there, here's a great fucking idea. Go do it. Nobody's going to do it. Somebody will. I'm just saying, like, it's about doing and executing at such a high level to break through. It really doesn't matter who you tell any fucking thing. Are they going to, the chances of them actually going and doing it. It takes your life. I mean, you have to dedicate your life. Or unless you for are. For something to be successful. It's not like you just start a fire and then it just blew, but, but, blazes. Uh, but a company that's already got the ability to execute those products and execute, you know, that is not something, that's something that they could just turn on. Boom. Well, employ I, that. I do think that in regards now. to that, you know, you're going to have Michael Jordan coming out going, hey, wait a minute. You selling me? 
and I ain't getting a piece. That's my intellectual property. That's my voice. It's like, no, it's not. It's AI, bitch. No, what? <laughs> well, from what I understood him saying, and because I was asking him about this in conversation, it was once they have, let's say if they clone James Earl Jones right. saying this, they own now the AI James Earl Jones Jeez. saying this. See, that's where I think. I don't, because, well, I don't think the legal portion has caught up yet. Right, exactly. And so that's where I think that, you know, people are probably pioneering the language. I mean, it's probably being written by AI. <laughs> <laughs> AI, write me the, the language of how this is legal. Yeah. So I can submit it to Congress. Absolutely. <laughs> totally. But those are great ideas, and you we know. should have on our podcast the very first AI star-studded interview. What yeah. if it's like WrestleMania, yeah. where we have AI Donald Trump and AI <laughs> Vladimir Putin and AI Kim Jong-un? Exactly. <laughs> They're on our hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> That's where they live. But no, they could essentially have that chat box yeah. of AI set up to where we can ask them crazy outlandish questions. And then what if you had an ongoing stream? where people could like log in, ask questions, or, or there would be another one where these two people, two guys were like talking to each other. Fighting. You had the two AI arguing. bots talking like shit Like when Stern has like one person's beef <laughs> with another person. Exactly. And it could just be going in perpetuity. Right. 24 hours a day, you could <laughs> yeah. turn it on. Yeah, they're still fighting. <laughs> <laughs> they're still going at it. Yeah. Well, you know how Howard Stern sometimes will have impersonators right. going at, at each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, for a segment. And he's like, okay. And, you know, yeah. trying to um, be the mediator. Right. And they're just, it's funny as fuck it that is. way. I think that's done it for the day, Ben. I think I've exhausted. We didn't even get to a few of our other topics, which we will get to next week. Once again, thanks for listening to the Manfuse podcast. I am Kay Lee, your audio producer and host. Ben H., my co-host. What's up? Today, hit us up at manfuse.com or 770-744-5227. Thanks again. Holla. Full Media.